Good evening, Wool Gatherers, and welcome to episode 169 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we're going to be looking at our favorite top five albums from the 70s. Top five, whatever that means. Okay, that didn't work. Um, had a little extra YouTube going on in the background there. Um, so anyway, we're going to be looking at our top five albums from the 70s, and we're going to be reviewing the new album from The Smile. And uh, tonight, we're going to try to stump Mr. Money again. If anybody beats him to the punch live on the show, they will earn a Wanderings t-shirt. And if anybody can guess my number one 1970s record, you can win a shirt. Shirts look like this right here. Went out yesterday. Got all the goodies for it, so I'm ready to make however many we can give out tonight. So uh, that's the show. We're going to get started now. Welcoming to the stage, none other than Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy band time, it's Metalhead Monday. And there he is, Metalhead Monday. There I am. All right, my friend. <laughs> Are you ready? I am. You said the challenge was tough. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the 70s. I mean, I was born in 1976. Um, obviously, I listen to music that's older than I am, uh, as I think most of us do. Um, but it, I, the 70s is kind of like growing up. I, I didn't go back to full albums that much it was more about songs that i loved or you know even like making mixtapes later mix cds you mm -hmm. know later playlists it's you know it's so the 70s is more about songs for me so it's mm -hmm. kind of tough to choose just five complete albums but i i got there so we'll talk about I, it i knew what your number one was going to be that was going to yeah. be a no-brainer. It's not a shock to anybody. It shouldn't be. <laughs> no, it is definitely not. But um, yeah, it was really easy for me. And there were a bunch more that I could have picked. And I listened to a lot of albums in the 70s because I had two older brothers. Sure. Had sweet stereo systems. So. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you know, I had my dad. That's where a lot of my 70s music comes from. But it, it again, it was, you know, it, it it's... I don't know. It it just never I wasn't old enough to sit and listen, just devour entire albums right. over and over again. Yep. Makes total sense. We get into the 80s and 90s whenever we decide to do those. I'll probably it'll be harder to narrow it down to five. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then the 90s. What a great period of time for music so yeah. there was an explosion there so that getting those five will be very difficult yes okay but before we get to that we are going to challenge you again tonight we're going to give you some facts about a band tonight's not going to be a review so last time we read you a review left out the pertinence and you figured out who we were talking about this time it's going to be a list of facts about a band okay and see if you can figure out who we're talking about done that a few times yes indeedy are you ready i'm uh, ready as i'm gonna get and so I didn't put one at a time. I put a few on there so you can kind of just work with them as we go. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So 
This band was originally named On a Friday. On a Friday. Wow. Yep. And their first uh, album was marketed at the Beavis and Butthead Slacker Generation. Okay. <laughs> and then a, a, I love this one. Um, and they, they have since gone back and apologized, but they called them a lily-livered excuse for a rock band. Okay. And their first album was titled after a skit from the Jerky Boys. If you remember when that went around, that was kind of a viral tape. I do. Uh, everybody was back in the day. Yeah, so those I... are your first four clues. What do you think? Wow. Well, uh, none of that gives it away. I mean, the Jerky Boys and the Beavis and Butthead, that kind of gives me an era that we're working mm -hmm. with. Yep. So that, I, I mean, that should be early 90s. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. I I mean I don't nothing nothing jumps out right away. Okay. Well, we've got another slide. Are you ready? Yeah, I think that, that puts me on track, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Lead singer's a bit sulky. He has angered the likes of Kanye West, Jack Black. And Miley Cyrus. How do you anger Jack Black? I don't know. You must be a real <laughs> jerk in person. Um, um, so this was this is a cool fact for somebody who knows this. They, you know, jump right out at him. But on their second record, they wrote a song entirely about a song on their first record. That's interesting. So <laughs> Self-referential. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in one album. <laughs> Usually you look back at a lifetime, but now they didn't want to. Right, album. right. Um, their lead guitarist is a composer, and he's written a lot of movie scores. Oh, boy. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they were one of the first groups to just put their record out there and say, hey, pay us what you want. Wow. Okay. So that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think several people have done that. I don't really know who did it first or first-ish. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then the last one, if you're a South Park viewer, you would have seen them on South Park and they were recruited by Cartman. Yeah, I'm not really a South Park fan. I, I watched that show like when it first came out and... Mm -hmm. I, I bailed pretty quick. Um, so you have some clues. Can you put anything together before someone jumps in ahead of you who knows who this is and comments first? Man. <clears throat> so, I mean, all of this definitely gives me the time period. It's got to, I mean, it's got to be early 90s. Correct. Um, and they had to have, let's see. So South Park that hit around like 96, seven ish somewhere around there. So they mm -hmm. were around, they were big enough around 96 to 98 that South Park would have, you know, used them in that way. Wow. On a Friday. Huh. So I would think that the, the key things here would be that the lead singer is a bit snarky, a little bit sulky. Um, and he didn't want to be one of those idiots, smiling idiots, as he says at the time. Um, 
Very heady band. Wow. Well, I mean, I I'm I'm gonna. This is a total guess. I'm gonna guess Radiohead. Yay! Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thematic I, episode. Yeah. So okay. So obviously <laughs> we're talking about the smile, which mm-hmm. is Tom York, and mm-hmm. yeah, I can see him. <sighs> okay. Well, that makes sense. I can see him, you know, getting into it with those three people. I don't know what the hell he did to Jack Black, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I did not know that when I looked that up. So let's be honest, Kanye is not hard to upset, <laughs> um, and he should be upset on a regular basis. Yeah. So, yeah. huh? But interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love it. the The song that was um, referring to the it was referring to creep because oh yeah. It, is like an aqua lung in that it kept them alive. It was the song that kept them going, but it also restricted them because they but, didn't want to stay in that song, that sound. Yes. Um, so very clever, very clever. Um, we did have an astute fan who noticed that I have the John Denver mug going on 70s theme tonight. <laughs> so uh, sunshine on my shoulders definitely makes me happy. Gives me that there vitamin. <laughs> All right. All wow. Right. So well, yeah, all of that, uh, all of that is interesting uh that i mean most yeah i i I didn't know obviously immediately that any of those one clues was about radiohead but uh i you know it all tracks i makes sense (laughs) yeah i didn't know that they had a name before radiohead either so Uh, i mean talking head song i think most bands go through that you know they have a few names before they settle on one or they get all the way up to getting a record deal and then they have to change it because of legal reasons. Mm -hmm. So, so speaking of bands that started with a, another name first, I'll just throw this out here and anybody who wants to answer it, um, since I didn't beat you to the punch can still win a shirt. Um, who was, I'm going to put it on the screen called Mookie Blaylock. Oh, I know that one. Mm-hmm. It's not, I mean, it's pretty widely known. So yeah, I'll just put it yeah, down yeah. there. If anybody wants to join in with that one, they can. So, and um, I know we've got to get on to our 70s music. We had a lot of entries tonight. So we have quite okay. a few slides of people cool. giving their top fives. And what's really neat is there are a couple of songs or albums that, that reappear. There is a lot of diversity. Like it yeah. is... It's all over the place. It's really cool. Um, I feel like as it should be with music. So, mm-hmm. And I had one late one that I had already had the slides ready to go and he posted on the Facebook page, but he wanted Rick D's disco duck. On there, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. So I didn't get added to here, but I, I appreciate the disco duck call out. So, yep. Uh, wow. Yeah. I remember that one. Thank you, Cortland. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So let's dig into some of these. And um, from what I see on this page, neither of us had any of these. No. No. Great records, though. This is um, from Chris. He is yeah. on Twitter at Tones of Music and a great um, Twitter account. Or I'm sorry, X account. 
Um, and he has a lot of music on there, and it's fun to follow. He chose so, The Police, yeah. The Ramones, Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder, and Blondie. Did you listen to any of these records? Um, I mean, sure, I have. Yes, of course. Uh, the Police are great. The Ramones are great. Uh, Billy Joel, I almost... I Well... I, I was going to pick a Billy Joel album, but the one I was going to pick came out in 1980. So, uh, which was, would have been glass houses. Mm -hmm. So, um, Stevie wonder. Sure. Songs in the key of life is awesome. Blondie. Mm -hmm. Great. Can't, yep. I mean, Debbie Harry. Good Lord. She was so hot. Ugh. But, <laughs> um, yeah. that's and of the Ramones yeah. is just, that's the Ramones, you know? Oh yeah. It sounds great. So, yep. Yeah, these are all great choices. Um, I, I had the, a similar thing happen with the 1980 thing. One of my favorite records of all time came out on January 14th of 1980. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think, was unable to use it. Yeah, Glass Houses, I think, was in like March of 1980. <laughs> it was like, so close. <laughs> um, Joseph Callahan, he also replied to this on Twitter, and he came up with some great bands. Yes, Kansas, mm -hmm. Kiss. The Eagles and Rush. That is a powerhouse five groups from the 70s. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Kansas Left Overture. I, mm -hmm. That's another band that, I mean, their albums are awesome. But, mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, Left Overture really is about like three songs. I mean, for me, you know, <laughs> like, right. it, it's all good, but it's really about three songs on that album. So. Yeah, and, no, uh, I, yeah, I get that. Kiss is not, they're, uh, they're a rough one for me. Me I, too. I know there's so many Kiss fans out there, but they are, I kind of have a love-hate thing with them, so. Yeah, they weren't the best musicians in the world. Uh, they were adequate, uh, hard-working band. I don't love their music. It's okay. Um Kiss Alive too, when that came out, everybody lost their heads. You know, it was really cool for the time period. But I, I don't go back and listen to Kiss. So, um, the Eagles, I respect the Eagles. I like them. I, it's not a band I go to and listen. And um, you get Yes and Rush with our proggy goodness. So, love those two choices. Spear Spencer came up with yet again five other choices and you'll see the top one on there a couple of times fleetwood mac with rumors which i think most people agree is a beautiful record the cars van halen tom petty and meatloaf what do you think about that list monday mr monday we have lost your audio i think we're losing mr monday Yep. Oh, he's back. Can we hear you? Nope. Okay. <laughs> he's head down, discouraged. He's going to have to go back out and come back in. So um, I had one of these on my list. We'll see that here in a few minutes. Um, Van Halen, I believe, shows up again as well uh, from Mr. Mundy. And another couple of great choices. And Meatloaf back then was huge. And um, I think, was it Paradise by the Dashboard Lights was a huge song back then. Everybody loved that. 
That was a hot one. I think Mr. Mundy is coming back in. Let's see if we have Mr. Mundy back. We do not have any volume from Mr. Mundy. Going to have to get on his phone so we can hear him. Um, next slide. We'll go here while he's fixing that up. Um, Sistine, she is an old soul in a young body. She has chosen Joan Baez, Diamonds and Rust, Joni Mitchell, Ladies of the Canyon, Bob Dylan, Desire, uh, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. I think most people think that Blood on the Tracks is his best record. I don't know if she would agree with that, but I think that seems to be a consensus. And uh, her top song, her top album from that time period was Joni Mitchell Blue. Um, uh, Lobby Sifra, he's so important too. Well, you get five choices, not six. We can all do that. Um, and I'll mention Hurricane because she said I had to. So Hurricane, there we go. I've obliged. Mike Shane, he came in hot. He was on Facebook and he was loading up his choices. I had to remind him that we had to wheedle that down to five choices because we can't all have 10 or this would take forever. He chose the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bollocks, Led Zeppelin, Physical Graffiti, um, another one with the Ramones, self-titled. I think people just enjoy the Ramones and that sound in general. Um, this one was out of left field. I wasn't even thinking along these lines, but what a cool choice. But Miles Davis, Bitches Brew, and uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. I, I'll i just say it here. I avoided um, Pink Floyd, and I tried to avoid Zeppelin, because to me, they're not what I look at as 70s music, but more of all time music. And my goodness, both of them put out so many records during that time. Mr. Mundy has appeared again. Do we have volume? Nope. We have no volume. And we have a dejected Mr. Mundy. I think you have to get on your phone. Phone up. All right. Well, he makes his adjustment there. We'll continue on. Um, but a great list. I can't remember some of the other ones that he had on his list, but all fantastic choices. Then we go on to Clay, who had his number one was Fleetwood Mac Rumors. He said that many a time that that is his favorite record, and it's a great one. He chose two Pink Floyds, not The Wall. He chose Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here, both fantastic choices. Led Zeppelin, House of the Holy, um, which I think he was the only one that picked that one out of all our Zeppelin choices. And then the last one is Casey and the Sunshine Band, uh, part three. And that was also a unique one. I didn't even think about them. They're definitely not tops on my list. So... Um, that brings us to our, our choices. Hopefully Mr. Mundy will jump back on quickly so we can continue with those, but, um, what a great bunch of records. So again, as we get ready to do our own, what I did was chose records that to me say the seventies. And by that, I mean, they catch the feel of the seventies. You can definitely, when you hear it, you know, it's seventies vibe. I don't think, for the most part, bands like Pink Floyd, uh, maybe even the Stones, uh, Dylan, they don't sound like they fit in a niche of a decade. They really feel like they are of all times. So when you listen to a record, it's just evergreen. Um, it holds its value 
It sounds fantastic, and it doesn't feel like it had to have come out within a decade. You know when you hear 80s pop music when it came out. It's very clear. So if I were to pick 80s records, I would probably pick something that sounded like it came from the 80s. Um, 90s, when when grunge hit or when you know the alternative movement came, that had a feel. And so when I picked my 70s, that's what I went with. Metalhead Monday appears to be back. Do we have any audio? Can you hear me? Woo! Everybody hears him. Well, I look terrible now, but at least you can hear me, I guess. Hey, I look terrible every show. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome back. That's not what I wanted. So I went ahead and walked through the rest of the viewer choices, which we had some awesome ones. Love that. And now we're going to go to our choices. Okay. it's It's really fun because... We, unbeknownst, each picked a record from the same artist for our number five. Yeah. Records, which was yeah, kind of funny. Great. And here we are with our number five. We both chose ACDC. Why'd you choose this one? Uh, well, you know, ACDC is, uh, they're so great. And that, the whole, the 70s was basically Bon Scott. So, mm-hmm. which I prefer uh bond to brian i love brian johnson but uh you know i i feel like acdc with bond scott is just uh i don't know kind of a, an edgier sound mm-hmm. i think bond's voice uh i don't know I, I think it feels a little less polished and Honestly, maybe the band does too, because I, you know, with Back in Black, I you get uh, it was Mutt Lang, right? Came in mm-hmm. and uh, kind of, I don't know, almost like cleaned him up a little bit. And I prefer I prefer them a little dirtier, a little grittier, and I think the the sound on if you want blood you've got it which is a live album mm-hmm. i i think it, it's just it's them at the top of their game and you know i i really listening to this like if bond hadn't have died like what where would they have gone mm-hmm. yeah i and i think they there was more diversity in the music prior to Brian Johnson too. It almost mm. felt like they found a groove and they stuck in the groove once he came I in. I agree. Um, but like Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap is incredible. But then you get like Ride On later on that, which is so bluesy and groovy. Yeah. And I chose this partially too, because again, my brothers had this record and I listened to it a lot. So it feels like that time period when I'm eight, nine years old. Awesome. And listening in my brother's room. So I love that record. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I agree. Bon Scott. Uh, for me, is is the definitive singer of ACDC. But how fun that we both chose ACDC. We will yeah, not, pretty funny. We will not match again. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number four. This is where we each have one that was chosen before. Mr. Muddy's yeah. got Fleetwood Mac, and I have Led Zeppelin. So uh, what you got on that one? So Fleetwood Mac rumors, I mean, is huge. Obviously, it came out in 1977, and I, I, I don't remember that time period specifically. I was, you know, not even a year old, I think, when this came out. So, um, but uh, I mean, rumors is just 
one of those albums that you cannot get away from. And I want to say at the time, it may have been one of like the best selling albums of all time. Um, and there's good reason for it. I mean, there, there are so many big, big hits on this album and it's just undeniable. So uh, that's just a big one for me. Yep. Yep. I agree. It definitely has a place in the tops during this decade. And, Mm -hmm. Um, Zeppelin put out a lot in the seventies, early seventies, especially. And I like this one because, uh, it's like, Oh, there's so many good songs on this one. Well, yeah, there's good songs on all of them, but I love cashmere. Um, mm-hmm. I love the wonton song. I love, uh, trampled underfoot. There's just so many good ones on this record. Great. It, I just, and I think too, that they have the best across the board guitar grooves. Like those hooks are just incredible. You hear them. They they're used in movies and, you know, trailers and all that kind of stuff. Incredible. And this is probably my favorite of the Zeppelin records. So that's why I chose. Yeah. That. I Zeppelin is another one of those bands for me. Like it's not, I don't know. Like I, the, the deep cuts are not as meaningful for me. I haven't spent as much time with the deep cuts as I do the, the huge hits. So it's hard for me to just go album with them top to bottom. Yes. Okay. All right. So let's go to, and I'm going to check something real fast. We had people on YouTube that are unable to post on Hmm. YouTube. And I'm not sure why we are not able to chat. It says that they're there. Huh? Anyway, I'll have to look at that later, but I'd like people to be able to chat on there if possible. So yeah. Okay, number three. You want to go first? Nice. Um, yeah, so Van Halen's self-titled debut album, 1978. Uh, obviously, Eddie Van Halen, you know, changed the face of rock music. Everybody uh, got their brains and faces melted with the uh, eruption. So, and you know, uh, that... This album single-handedly probably sold a million guitars and kids trying to, you know, <laughs> pick one up and, and be Eddie Van Halen. So, but yeah, again, I mean, this is the same thing. It's top to bottom. There's not a bad song on here. It, it's uh, pretty diverse, I would say. Um, and I, it's just hard to imagine not including this on a list of best albums of the 70s for me. Uh, That makes total sense. So, all right. I went with The Cars, 1978, self-titled record. And this one, um, and I always like The Cars, but this is Mm -hmm. The Cars record for me. This one's got uh, Good Times Roll, My Best Friend's Girl, um, you're all I've got tonight. I mean, this one is, it's a banger from beginning to end and the cars really sounded unique at that time period. Yeah. You know, they were kind of punkish new wave, you know, kind of meshing. I, and as they went on, they got more pop, which was mm-hmm. fine. Rick Ocasek's great. I enjoyed him, but mm-hmm. this is the cars record for me. Yeah. I, I love the cars as well. Do you love cars by Gary Newman? 
I do actually. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all love that? Okay. And I like the cover by Fear Factory that featured him singing with them. So. That's right. That's been a while though, right? Yeah. Did we do that on the show? At one what? Point? Uh, I don't know. Did we talk about it? I feel like we did in the very beginning. Maybe. I don't know. We've talked about covers a few times, so it might have been in that conversation. So everybody just go back 160 episodes <laughs> and find where we talk about cars. Yeah. All right. Well, you cheated. Go ahead and tell them what you you picked here. This is not a cheat. <laughs> I disagree 100%. This uh, is also one of the greatest selling albums of all time. Uh, <clears throat> so I grew up listening to the Eagles with my dad, um, along with Fleetwood Mac. That was another one. Um, but uh, so, yeah, there... Their, their their greatest hits is the name of the album. It's ni- their greatest hits, 1971 to 1975, and this came out in 1975 or 75 or 76. But um, I mean, it's undeniable. It, it is literally their greatest hits of that time period. So how it <laughs> it has sold as many copies as it has for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Eagles is one of my all-time favorites. My dad loved, he seemed to be attracted to a lot of bands that had harmony vocals. I, that mm-hmm. was a thing for him for some reason. And it doesn't get better than Eagles. So, Well, all right. You could have picked Hotel California, but you no. cheated. It's clear you cheated. No, there's songs the on Hotel there's songs on Hotel California that I don't care about, but there's not a song on here that I don't love. So. I need a vote. I need a vote. Did Monday cheat? I'm calling cheat. I did not. 70s <laughs> albums was the parameter, the only parameter we were given. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, pal. That's the way you want to be. Now, now look at my number two. It's just a regular old record. You know, no, no best ofs. And um, I love that, um, aside from the music, I love the visuals. For oh, yeah. Because they, and this goes through all their records, you know, that, that ship mm-hmm. and everything. But yep. this is the definitive Boston record. And to me, this feels like the 1970s. And um, it's loaded more than a feeling. Um, foreplay, long time, amazing smoking, uh, hitch a ride, rock and roll band. This one is loaded with amazing uh songs it feels like the 70s and i think too as i you know kind of look back you know one of the things that i love so much about the pumpkins is all those layered guitars and boston mm-hmm. had layered guitar sounds oh yeah just so good and so that may be oh wait a minute do i have a oh monday did cheat we have the official recommendation right here so um his number two is uh discounted <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Mundy is locked up. Uh Uh-oh. Are you back? Well, we're going to go on to number one. What happened, Mundy? Hope his phone didn't die. Are you back? I'm I'm here. Yeah, it's it's been freezing up. So wait, okay. I have to address, were you talking about the comment that I did cheat when I did not choose 
a certain Correct. someone. Correct. Okay. So <laughs> first of all, uh oh, you haven't seen my number one yet. Oh, so this you, is true. So you don't even know. Do you want me to switch it real fast? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't care that much because deep down he's a cheater. All right. Now, without further ado, number one and one B. <laughs> Who cheated? No, and I'll tell you why I didn't cheat in just a moment. But let's hear about yours because we knew this was going to be your your number. I one. mean, yeah, this is should not be a shock to anyone. My name on the show is Metalhead Monday, for God's sake. So, uh, and this is where that all starts: is Black Sabbath's debut album, self-titled debut album from 1970, and again. It, it is top to bottom. I mean, they practically invented a genre here. So you've got Black Sabbath. You've got The Warning. You've got The Wizard. You, I mean, you know, it's just insane. So good. Yeah, yeah it is good. Not going to deny you on that one. Great. I would not be who I am, literally, <laughs> my name. I would not be that person without this album. So that would be my number one. All right, I accept that. Okay, my number one is Rush of Farewell to Kings and Hemispheres. There's a reason. So okay. the last song on Farewell to Kings mm-hmm. is part one of the first song on Hemispheres. So it just wouldn't be right to pick one without the other. <laughs> <laughs> so we technically, are we considering this a double album? Is that what we're doing? For the sake of this, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a double uh, album that was what, probably like a year apart or something? Yeah, they were so hot in that time with that in 2112, and then they got up to um, permanent waves and all that. So, yeah, it was hot and heavy there um, for a number of years with Rush. But when you look back at those with those two, and then the other ones leading all the way up to Signals, that's like six or seven years of just rock steady records that were all great. So yeah. And, and I love those records individually. Anyway, there's so many good songs on there. There aren't any clunkers. Um, I think they got the clunkers out of their system with their first record, Well, not their first record, their first big proggy record. How about that? Okay. So, um, all right. That was fun. I know it was tough because you don't necessarily listen to all those records, but uh, you had great choices. So it was good. I enjoyed that very much. And thanks to everybody who gave us some examples because that was a lot of really good music on there. Yeah. Super fun. I like it when people participate, you know, it gives us, uh, obviously there were a few that, you know, we, we chose as well. So, but it's cool to see a different perspective on things. Yep. And we'll be doing, um, some, I mean, as we go forward, periodically we're going to put these in again. So we'll probably do an 80s top five. We'll do a 90s, do a 2000s. So yeah. um, as we go, but it just depends on when we need one. We have one last comment before we get to the smile. And that is, this isn't a personal agenda to plug Bob. Um, yes, it is. But I think you guys <laughs> should review Hurricane next week. That album came out in the 70s and it would be the perfect way to cap Black History Month. I would agree that it would be a great capper to Black History Month. Um, the hurricane is amazing. Um, but I don't, maybe we'll do the song. 
not the whole record. What do you think? What do you think, Monday? I'm fine. Fine to do. Yeah, any of that. Do you know the song? Uh, not. I mean, no, not off the top of my head. It's incredible, and to think that a white guy sang this in that at that time period is really impressive. I mean, it shows a lot of guts on Bob's part. I mean, the song. Oh, the person did mean the song only. So I think we can probably accomplish that. So sure. And we'll put it out there. Maybe some people can join us and discuss it with us on the show. So next week, the song Hurricane. Okay. All right. I know Monday's excited because he loves <laughs> um, what a what a good sport that he did this record. He he jumped in and gave it a good effort. So um so just overall. I mean, was it brutal for you or did you find something to enjoy about the record? So um, <clears throat> I've made no secret that I do not love Radiohead. I think they're highly overrated. Um, I don't care for Tom York's voice very much, um, which will become apparent when we're discussing the eight <laughs> songs here. Um and going into this, like I had to, so the smile is kind of considered a super group, I guess, but I don't, I'm not familiar with the other two guys at all. I had to look them up. Um, so I think uh, the songwriting here it, for the most part is super solid. Uh, there weren't, uh, most of this, I really, really liked the music. I, I think especially if you're listening with headphones, I think uh, it's it's easier to, you know, get deeper into it and experience the layers and all that. Um, but, yeah, it's just so much of this for me. So much of this is ruined by Tom York's voice. It's just, it's a little rough sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I don't dislike his voice like as much as you do, but I I had some of the similar notes in the fact that I thought the music on this record was really strong. Um, mm -hmm. It was subtle, but there was a lot of nuance. And again, and I even wrote down too, that if you have headphones on, it is a much different experience listening to this record. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend that not to be doing your daily chores, chopping wood or something while you're doing it. Or you'll miss out a lot. Yeah. Uh, but if you put a little time in, there's some really cool things going on. Mm -hmm. And lyrically, uh, there was pretty strong. There were some really cool um, like metaphors and some really cool things going on. But um, let's just jump in. Be uh, Like we always do, the first song is called Wall of Eyes. Yep. And apparently the origins of this started back in like 2011 on a radio on a radiohead record and the song at the time or the concept was called wall of ice not eyes huh okay and um but anyway as an album opener and capturing the feel of the record i feel like it was pretty good um it it, it really gave us what was coming afterwards i think yeah um yeah, I agree with the, you know, the music I thought was really fantastic. Um, it, it's kind of, it kind of sits in this place where it's, it's two things at once. It's kind of minimalist, but you also have lots of layers. 
Mm-hmm. So, so it kind of walks this real like razor thin balance of those two things, which I thought was really interesting. So I, it's just, yeah, uh, I, I could have done without the singing on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I, so when he overdoes it for me, that's where I kind of tune out. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I felt like he held back a little bit here. And so I was able to handle the way he sings a little bit better. Yeah. And, but I love this idea of people watching you and you become something you're not. And I love that line. Let us raise our glasses to what we don't deserve. You know, mm-hmm. kind of a cool sentiment and everything else musically you said, totally agree with. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind of rolls. It's just a really mm-hmm. melodic yeah. kind of rolling along. Um, tell a, harmonic. Yeah. Is the second song. I like the title. That's cool. Yes. It fits it too. Cause it's got these kind of weird, odd electronic sounds yeah. going on at the beginning. And then it settles back in and it becomes subtle. Nice little mm-hmm. drum beat sound builds up. Beat becomes more pronounced as we go. Yep. And it, it almost felt like a part B to the first song. Okay. Music. All right. I, yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it just has like this kind of really cool, very chill kind of groove. Mm-hmm. And um, after a while, it kind of, there's this really cool swell that just kind of keeps coming up very slowly. Uh, and as it, it's getting louder and swelling, you get more layers and a little more going on. And one thing I really, really enjoyed about this song was um, the drums sound mostly programmed, but there's a very sparse use of what sounds like a real snare drum. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's real. It's not like a constant rhythm. It's just every once in a while. It, I mean, it is on its own rhythm, but it's very spread out. It's, they use it very sparsely, and that I thought that was kind of cool. It's a neat little detail. Nice. And the next song, we switch a little bit. We, we go with a different kind of groove, and that one is Read the Room. Mm-hmm. And this one kicks in with kind of a guitar opening, which is a little heavier than the previous songs. And then we get the drums yeah. kicking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chorus I thought was really catchy on this one. Um, what I couldn't figure out is looking through the lyrics, maybe you can weigh in a little bit, but was this like a, a personal dig at someone or was it like a political statement? He says, you know, these massive egos so big, they bend the light high. I, I, I was trying to figure out who he was talking about or what he know. was talking about. And I, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I mean, that almost feels like he had someone in mind as he's writing this, but, you know, who knows? It could be more general than we're thinking, but um, it does, it feels specific, sure. Um, Yeah, this one, you mentioned the guitars. I love the rhythm section in this one. The the bass line is absolutely Mm -hmm. killer, and the drums are great. And they work well together. Um, the rest of the song didn't love. I, I really love the rhythm section on this one. Didn't love the rest of the song. Yeah. The next song, Under Our Pillows, I love the rhythm section there. I thought there was a really mm-hmm. nice bass groove. Um, under the, And the last half of the song was essentially 
an outro kind of thing. Um, yeah. Um, yes. So the opening of this song, I think, is uh, really grabs your attention. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, what's going on here? And uh, it kind of makes you listen. And then it kind of, you know, pulls you on this journey. And then it kind of drops out in the midsection. Mm -hmm. and the the bass almost takes over the song for a little while it did yeah and then it was awesome that another killer bass line um and then yeah at the end it just kind of drones out it's like this drone that kind of sustains and like white fuzzy noise yeah this is one i actually i think this song i would love to hear an instrumental version of this song I think it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I like this one quite a bit too. Doug dug the bass on it a lot. The next song is called Friend of a Friend. This is my second favorite song on the record. And um, I love that. And I remember this too during COVID when they would go and show you scenes in Italy when they were singing to each other from the balconies. And sure. That's what yeah. the song is about. So it was like, ah, yeah, I remember exactly what he's talking about here. So that was kind of cool. And I like, you know, this is another one. There's a lot of space and time to breathe on the songs in these on this record. And this one has another sparse opening. And then we get some bass notes, which were nice. And then he comes in singing very melodically. We get the nice piano. I felt like, again, this is him in the right pocket where it's not overdone. Um, Tom York. And I like this one. This is probably my second favorite song. Well, that's <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> I did. I was not feeling this song at all. Not not one bit. I did not like it at all. Okay, so tell us why you're wrong. <laughs> I don't feel like I am. Like I can listen to you describe it and say all that, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I can see that, but that didn't connect with me. So that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> I, I am happy that knowing you didn't like them, that you've gotten this far and had things to say about each one. So yeah. very cool. Um, all right. Uh, the next one, I quit. I like this one. Um, I, I think there were times where it was kind of nice. You could hear these fingers working on the strings. Um, this is a nice groove. I thought the music was the highlight on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. go ahead. Continue. I, I mean, you, the song's called I quit and I'm thinking, uh, we, could oh. be, we should be so lucky, but no, I, I kid. But yeah, I mean, you said it. I, the vocals ruined this song for me. I, the music is absolutely gorgeous. It, it is. It's lush. It's full. It's big. It's spacey. There's a lot of room. It, it's just. It's beautiful. And his vocals just killed it for me. <laughs> well, bummer. Um, all right, the next one, "Bending Hectic." This was my favorite song on the record. And I, I, I did like the singing on it, but what I really liked about this one <clears throat> was the use of the car crash metaphor, right? Okay. And then talking about making changes in your life, talked about the slings and arrows, which are things that happen to you, you know, that are out of your control. But um, about the six minute mark, the song goes really hard. It kicks in. And then he, he gets to those lines where he talks about turn, turn, and it indicates this change in his life this move on um using that metaphor of the car crash which or avoiding the car crash which i thought was really cool um i liked everything about this song uh okay 
I'll give you that. <laughs> um, it's just, I mean, I feel like a broken record, but I just really like his voice, man. When I listen to this stuff, I'm like, I'm, I'm loving this music. And it's just like a needle in my ear, man. I just can't. I just can't with him. But yeah, the song, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's epic sounding. It kind of, there's parts of the song that I think kind of lost me a little bit, but then it got me back. So it's kind of, you know, this song is kind of a journey for me. You know, you talk about the, you know, car metaphor. It's, yeah, I, I get that. And it's, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I loved it. I hated it. I loved it again. It's, I was kind of all over the place on this song. Well, there's plenty of time because it was eight minutes yeah. you know, or over eight minutes. Yes. And then, it, you know, at the six minute marks where it really got interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I love the concept and musically again, very good. Then that brings us to the last song on the record, which is, you know, me, um, this one, I was kind of, of two minds on. I, I really like the piano lead in. I like the sentiment of the song. The, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that don't think that I'm everything you say. Yeah. It's kind of cool, you know, but as an album closer, I did not like it. I didn't think it took us out in the right way. Okay. And it was an average ish song for me. Uh, I agree with the average ish song. I think it works as an album closer because it's almost one of those songs that works as a cool down. Like mm-hmm. it kind of really drops the, um, the pace of the record and it's just kind of a droning kind of ethereal song kind of, and it just kind of eases you out of the album. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big statement at the end, but it, yeah, it has kind of that cool down effect, I think. So I think if they had done, I quit as the penultimate song bending okay. hectic as the last song, you know, you've got one where you're talking about like a, fork in the road type moment, you know, like he's moving on with life. And then you got this last one. If we end with all that noise and turn, turn, I think that's your album closer. Okay. That makes your statement. But Tom did not call me. And if he did, and he heard any of this, he would probably cuss me out. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Would he cuss you out or would he cuss me out? If he, uh, if he (laughs) would cuss out or do something mean to Jack Black, one of the supposedly nicest people on the planet, I don't know. Uh, He'd be in trouble. I really want to know that story. I'm going to have to look that up. But we're done. (laughs) If you find it, let me know. Uh, I'm going to be Googling Jack Black, Tom York beef. Yeah, I want to hear the Kanye one too because I want to give him kudos for sticking it to Kanye. So anyway, well, that's it, everybody. That was the record. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah. It, it was. It was a record. If that's, I'll say this, yeah. if you are a Radiohead fan, you will like this record. It'll be right in your wheelhouse. I would if think you were so. A an early Radiohead fan, like I was. And then you got to Kid A, and that's your last one. Then you may not like it as much. I, I almost feel like they're almost two different bands. Uh, they okay. were so strong in the beginning. Those first records were great. OK Computer was amazing. You know, that was in Kid A. Those were like my last ones I really loved. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was almost too experimental for me. The voices just kind of went on and crazy. Yeah. People keep saying, you got to listen to In Rainbows. That's the best ever. Well, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe someday. Turns out you don't have to, but 
but um yeah i you know <clears throat> radiohead just one of those bands that i don't get and it, it, i'm fine with it i it's people love them good on them i, <laughs> I am not the one <laughs> yeah all right well i don't think we've picked a record for next week yet oh are we doing judas priest we can isn't didn't that just come out i believe it did so it would appear that we will be doing i'm looking this up make sure that uh judas priest march oh it's coming march 8th they've put out only four songs out at this point i was gonna say i know they've put out at least a couple of videos so we may wait a couple weeks on that one yeah um just so we can do the whole record and then we'll figure out something between now and then i had another one in mind i can't think of what it is so yeah all right do you have a challenge for next week uh not ready to go unless you want to do 80 songs <laughs> here's the deal if we get to wednesday and you haven't figured it out yet we're going 80 songs now i have an idea that i was going to do on the heels of the opening track challenge mm -hmm. but i mean we don't have to do that right now either we can give that some time and i can come up with something else Okay. I, I was like just going to throw out uh, closing tracks. It's mm -hmm. your but, call. We can if you want. I don't uh yeah, why don't we do that? Top 5 been, closing tracks? It's been a little bit of time since we discussed opening tracks, but yeah, why not? All right. Top 5 closing tracks next week and whatever music we determine to now and then. Okay. Perhaps that industrial band that I sent. Okay. Did you listen to them? Uh, no. I listened to one as we were trying to decide, and uh, it was quite good. Try to find uh, the name of it here real fast for everybody. Here it is. It was... Say so that's on my phone, and if I try to look at it, then it will kick me off the... <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I'm right here... I'm really bummed. I'm just going to say I'm really bummed that I figured out some really cool lighting and then I had to switch to my stinking phone where I look like garbage anyway. <laughs> so the band is called health. Okay. And the album is called rat wars. It is a three member group. Um, LA noise rock trio. Builds on their noise-centric industrial exercises, accentuating their hardcore tendencies with dance grooves, haunted scents, and wall-of-sound guitar lines, taking influences from Nine Inch Nails, Ministry, and Contemporaries. So, I mean, none of that sounds terrible. Does not sound terrible, so I think it's worth <laughs> a try. So next week is Health. Love it. I got it. Okay, so speaking of Ministry, have you seen Al Jorgensen recently? Uh, just didn't he have didn't they put a video out for oh no that was on his last record so he took all the hardware out of his face what and his hair is like he's had like these big dreads forever his hair is like straight and long and he looks awesome he looks so much better he looks healthier he looks younger he looks great <laughs> wow. And I will say this, if we do health next week, um, 
the week after we could probably do ministry. March 1st is supposed to be Hopium for the Masses. Oh, cool. So that'll be cool, too. I'm going to have to look him up now. Uncle Al, March huh? 1st. March 1st, I will be at a show. <laughs> Who are you seeing? Flogging Molly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be spending the night down in Brown County and having a good time. Flogging some Mollies. All right. Dude, that venue is awesome. If you get a chance to see a show there, go. It, it is fantastic. Will do. Okay. Anything else? I'm good. We did it. We made it through. Lots of songs, lots of albums, and Monday did not lose his mind over Tom York. <laughs> no, it was okay. It was it was all right. Yeah, love it. What wasn't great. But. All right. Well, um, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard tonight. If you did, please run over to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Um, you can also hear us on Facebook and check us out there. And I will figure out why in the world we cannot comment on youtube i don't know what uh yeah that's weird i must have a setting there that i need to fix i will do that before next time so people can comment from there and um until then for top five closing tracks on any record and the band health we will see you next time bye now 